Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay, guys, it's finally happened. Wall Street has finally admitted who they believe is going to win the elections for the midterms today. You know, they're believing right now that the House will be split. And that's what Wall Street believes right now. They believe the House will be split and that things will go back to somewhat normal and there won't be extreme policies or new money printing or new bills passed. And that's what Wall Street believes right now. They believe that it will be split. So later on this evening, when you guys either listen to this podcast or when you look at the election results, we get to find out if Wall Street was right. And we also get to see how Wall Street reacts tomorrow because they believe right now that it's split. The Dow went up by about 300 points as of today. So it's going to be interesting to see how these midterm elections affect the market tomorrow. But we do have other news to be able to talk about. First off, we got some news from Nightscope. Nightscope continues to grow and Wall Street continues to not recognize this company in the making. And we'll get a little bit more in details of that later when we talk about that, what's going on at, at Nightscope. We got some news from Kohl's as well. Kohl's is getting a CEO, a new one actually, actually no correction, Kohl's CEO, uh, Michelle Gass to step down, join Levi Stratus as CEO in waiting and what that means for Kohl's future and for Levi as well. There's some news from Tesla, actually for the first time that there is more news on Tesla since Elon took over Twitter. And it says Tesla's recalling more than 40,000 US cars over possible loss of power in the steering. Then we have some news from Boeing as well. Boeing aircraft delivery slipped in October on 730, correction, on the 737 fuselage flaw. That's an interesting one to be able to get into. And finally, we'll end today's podcast talking about Lyft. Lyft reported earnings, and they're another company that once again are showing some disappointment earnings in the making. With that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Everything I talk about in this podcast is my personal opinion. So you should not take my personal opinion as financial advice because I legally cannot give you financial advice and I could be wrong about everything that I talk about in this podcast at times. I also have to remind you all too that I do have a position in Nightscope. It is a very long-term position and it's a small position, but yeah, I I do have a position in Nightscope. So I do have to admit that currently right now. Uh, Please go talk to your financial advisors too, as well as your financial advisors would know your financial situation a lot better than I would. And they would also be able to help you in these times right now in the market. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Nightscope. Growth continues with 22 device college contract. Now, I've spoken about Nightscope in the past. I have. And in the times since I have been studying Nightscope, and like I've said, I do have a position in the company, and I believe this is the next big thing. This isn't financial advice, obviously. But this has been one of the biggest announcements that they've given to date. Now, what I'm about ready to read might not sound that impressive, but we'll get into it a little bit in a second, okay? From Mountain View, California, a leading developer of autonomous security robots today announces a new contract at a Florida college for 22 of the K-1 blue light towers. Schools are ill-equipped to address the main campus safety challenges head-on due to constrained budgets and staffing shortages. And Nightscope Technology have the power to 
to affordability to solve the problem and fill personal gap. In addition to the 13 emergency call system previously uh, retrofitted, the college will be replacing older hardwired towers at two separate campuses, utilizing Nightscope's cellular and satellite communications with solar power to provide students and and faculty and visitors additional safety when and away from campus buildings. This is a powerful step uh, forward to achieving the four cornerstones of campus safety. The administration and officials should seek communication, prevention, mobilization, and apprehension. This is Nightscope's first announced sale in conjunction with its recent acquisition of case emergency systems. Okay. So today they're announcing, this is from the case emergency side of Nightscope, where they're putting up those blue light towers. You know, those things you'll see on college campuses or also on other areas like in a parking structure where there's a blue light. And if you press it, it will allow you to uh, be able to make an emergency call if you had to. Okay. To me, this is big news. It is. Okay. Like I said, this is the biggest contract to date that Nightscope's ever given. Normally when they make announcements, it's like, oh, they sold one new robot or recently last week we talked about how they had five contracts that were signed. Okay. But this is 22. Now, granted, it's not the cool technology side of Nightscope, but what makes this more interesting currently right now is from just reading about the, uh, about when Nightscope bought out Case, Case is a considered, it's considered right now a profitable company. Okay. And I have, I believe I've mentioned this in the past, but if I haven't, I'm just going to say it right now. When Nightscope bought Case, it was a pure move on making money right now, okay? And to grow, obviously, as well. Nightscope will probably, when they report earnings, will be able to say that they've doubled revenue. And one of those reasons is going to be because of Case. Case Emergency Systems is a very, very boring company. You have these emergency blue lights to sit all around. And, I mean, they're, they're there for... I guess, safety concerns, and they help people with being able to make those calls when the time comes, okay? What also makes it more interesting too, like I've said, is the fact that even though it's not the cool side of the robot that's driving by itself and being able to record, this continues to help Nightscope make money, okay? Especially in the case side, like I said, case is considered profitable. I think case emergency system is considered more profitable right now than the actual Nightscope side of things. But we'll get to find out soon because Nightscope is actually reporting earnings, I believe it's next Tuesday. And I believe Wall Street is continuing to sleep on this company because they these contracts keep coming out of nowhere. Well, not really out of nowhere, but it seems like they come out of nowhere. But it's good to see that Nightscope's continuing to grow, okay? I honestly believe when they report numbers next week that you're going to only see the Nightscope side of things. And then they're supposed to be releasing the impact of case financial, uh, no correction, case emergency systems within their financial side of how it affects Nightscope's earnings report. Okay. But I believe this is going to continue to make Nightscope become a very, very profitable company in the future. And honestly, and this is, like I said, this is a big deal that the fact that they've signed 22 now to put in a location. It's their biggest contract to date so far. Okay. It's not as impressive as the robots, like I've said. But Nightscope has to start somewhere. And I believe this is a huge, huge step for this company. And and it's the first announcement they've ever made of saying that they've sold 22 of the case emergency blue lights. So it's a good step for Nightscope. And I honestly believe they will continue to grow. And I believe within the next year or two, that, that Nightscope's going to be talked about a lot on Wall Street. And honestly, Nightscope continues to make moves and Wall Street continues to ignore currently right now. I could be wrong about everything, but I honestly don't believe that. So 
but we'll keep paying attention to it because I think Nightscope is going to be the next big thing. I think it's going to be as big as Tesla. When when Tesla first came out, I think a lot of people misunderstood it. I know I was one of them. And uh, yeah, I just think Nightscope is going to change a lot of society, especially when it comes to public safety at a time like this, especially when there's a, a movement to cut police budgets and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Continuing on, Cole CEO Michelle Gass to step down, join Levi Stratus as CEO in waiting. Cole said Tuesday that CEO Michelle Gass is leaving for a new opportunity after the retailer came under pressure to shake up its leadership. In a separate release, Levi Stratus and company said Gass will join the company in early January as president and step in the role of of the CEO within the next 18 months, succeeding ship birth. Shares of Kohl's were up 8% in the morning trading. Shares of Levi were down about 2%. Kohl's and Gas have faced scrutiny and skepticism from investors as the retailer invested in refreshing its brand and reported lackluster sales results. Activist investors and core holdings had pushed Kohl's to remove Gas from the position. Another activist investor, uh, Maysilm Advisors, also urged a change in leadership, including an auster of the company's chairman. The calls for a shakeup intensified after Kohl's ended talks this summer to sell to the franchise group, owner of the Vitamin Shoppy, sending the stock plummeting. On Tuesdays, Kohl's said that Tom, uh, that Tom Klingsbury, a Kohl's director, will serve as interim CEO as it searches for a permanent leader. The leadership change will take effect on December 2nd. In preliminary third quarter results announced Tuesday, Kohl's said it anticipated the comparable sales to be down 6.9% in three months period ended October 29th with net sales down 7.2% from a year ago. The company plans to release its full quarter results on November 17th. Kohl's board of rebutted criticism and activist investors and pressed ahead with plans to redesign stores, add a new brand and more, offer more e-commerce options for customers. In 2020, it struck a deal with uh, Sephora to open hundreds of beauty shops in its stores and now plans to add them in all its stores. Earlier this month, Kohl's opened a new store format in Tacoma, Washington with a small footprint and more mannequins and a merchandise assortment geared towards local preferences. And ahead of the holidays, it had, pa- had self-pick up all the stores, an area where customers can review online purchases. You know, I'm not someone who's ever been too impressed with Kohl's in all honesty. And... I'm curious to know how Levi is actually going to do. I mean, if this, if the, the, if they're making an attempt to shake up the leadership at Kohl's and this Michelle Gass is going to Levi, I don't know how it's going to do for Levi at the end of the day. Maybe Levi just becomes a little bit like Kohl's, or maybe the CEO makes better choices when she's at Levi. It's hard to tell. Or maybe there's going to be some partnerships formed between Levi and Kohl's because this, this, this new CEO coming into to Levi, she'll know a few few things about the retail industry and what it takes to be able to get the merchandise to be able to be sold more in these stores. It's going to be interesting, but it is announcements that I have to be able to look at because stocks could be affected by this. And all honestly, Kohl's, in my opinion, I don't see Kohl's being like a super power play in the next few years at, at all, let alone Levi's. They're two really boring companies at the end of the day, if you think about it. I mean, one just sells jeans at the end of the day, to my knowledge. And the other one is just a Kohl's. It's just a store that sells clothing. So, I mean, when 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 I hear young people say, let's go to Kohl's to go shopping, then I'll know like, okay, Kohl's is on the rise. But as of right now, like young people love Target. I know that for a fact. Because I used to work at Target and I used to see all the people, especially young people, have their quote unquote date nights at Target. Found it a little weird back in the day, but... Yeah, 
I mean, Target's still like the place to be and Coles is not currently. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes up the leadership board with the CEOs that are in coming in. But then again, it also makes sense. Maybe if they get a new CEO at Coles, maybe he's the one that's going to turn around the company. So we'll find out who becomes the new CEO in the making for Coles. This should make things interesting. Continuing on with the tech industry now, Tesla recalls more than 40,000 U.S. cars over possible loss of power steering. From CNBC, Tesla is voluntarily recalling 40,168 of the 2017 through, two, through the 2021 Model S and Model X vehicles that could experience a loss of power steering assistance, according to a November 1st filing with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration made public on Tuesday. The, re the recall requires a software update that pushed to the cars over the air. An October firmware release caused some vehicles to lose power steering when driving over bumpy roads and potholes. An estimated 1% of recalled vehicles have the defect according to the release. Reduced or lost power steering assist does not affect steering control, but could require greater steering efforts for, from the driver, particularly at low speeds, the administration said. The automaker said that as of November 1st, 97% of the recalled vehicles have installed a new update that addresses the issue and no further action is necessary from the owners. Tesla had identified 314 vehicles with the problem as the first of the, of the month, but the company is not aware of any injuries or deaths, the release said. Shares of the automaker were down more than 4% earlier Tuesday. You know, this is another company that I believe is being overlooked, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Tesla, I think, is just being plummeted hard, okay? Think about it this way, okay? It's 52-week range currently. The high it had in the last 52 weeks was at $402.67, okay? I think that was about three months ago, actually. Uh, nope, that was probably a year ago. Yep, a year ago, it was at $402. And now it's down to 186 even six months ago, if you look at the chart, six months ago it was a, just a barely above three hundred dollars, and now you're at one hundred eighty-six. The market is beating up Tesla for no apparent reason, in my opinion, though. But Tesla seems to be a bargain right now. This isn't financial advice, obviously, and there never will be financial advice on this podcast. But it seems like Tesla is just being like the money shifting out of Tesla, and it's being more focused into the oil companies right now. And and Wall Street admitted that this morning too in their in their power lunch. No, no, was it power lunch? No, it was tech check. That's what it was in the tech check sector. They were talking about it. They were saying that Wall Street was that money managers were moving money from these big tech companies into the the oil and gas sectors. What's also interesting too to think about is one of the guys on the show actually said he said that. The fundamentals haven't changed. These are still considered great companies. It's just the money's moving, the big money's moving out of them. So Tesla could be a buy right now, probably. It could be, okay? What I'm more interested to know is if Tesla continues to deliver not only on its vehicles and its and its power, the batteries cells, I mean, not power, the battery cells that they have or solar panels, was it? I can't remember. I can't remember all of Tesla's details. I expect Tesla to start potentially growing again. I do, even in this quote-unquote bear market in the making because Tesla is doing a lot of smart things. And there's a lot of videos right now on YouTube that are actually talking about Tesla and how they expect it to be like the next, what, next trillion-dollar company in the making just by the things that they're doing at Tesla. You know, they once said, if you want to know where the next big company is, you got to see where all the engineers are being hired right now. 
And I think Tesla is still getting all the good engineers right now. Obviously, Apple's up there too as well. But it'd be interesting to see where Tesla goes in the future. But I think Tesla, right? I mean, yeah, I just think in general, I think Tesla is being way beaten down for no apparent reason when hardly anything's changed with the company. But this is obviously not financial advice. It's just observations that we're making here. Continuing on with this podcast, Boeing aircraft delivery slipped in October on, on the 737 fusel flaw. Boeing's aircraft deliveries in October fell from a month earlier after a, fusil, a fuselage flaw in the best-selling 737 MAX delayed handovers of new planes. Boeing delivered a total of 35 planes in October, down from 51 in September. Of those, 22 were the 737 MAX. The Virgin-based manufacturer commercial aircraft unit had told investors that the flaw would impact its delivery numbers for the month. Quote, we'll recover on that quickly, Stan Deal, chief executive of Boeing commercial airplane unit, said during the investor event last week. We can surge that we will recover for our deliveries at the end of the year, but the ad- adverse quality, which we have to manage out of system, was impacted. Boeing is making about 31 of the 737s a month. Last week, it told investors that it expects a delivery between 400 and 450 of, the, of its 737s next year, up from about 375 planes this year. The company logged orders for 122 of its 737 MAX planes in October from carriers including Alaska Airlines and British Airways parent International Consolidate Airlines Group. Supply chain problems and labor shortages have prevented the manufacturer from ramping production up further, an issue that has hit rival Airbus too. Just as travelers are returning in droves, JetBlue and United are among the airlines that have complained about aircraft delivery delays. Following last week's laid out a recovery plan for investors and analysis that forecasts a return to annual sales of around $100 billion by the middle of the decade. CEO David Calhoun said that the company could introduce a new airplane, but not until the middle of next decade since the advances in engine technology don't yet warrant enough of the fuel cut to draw buyers. You know, Boeing, you know, I don't know what to think about Boeing now at this point. I mean, I had mentioned in the past that I thought Boeing was going to be turning things around. This was obviously back in September or no, actually it was October because I had reported that the planes they had, they'd sold the most planes or delivered the most planes since like 2019. And now they're back to struggling again. I don't know what's going to happen with Boeing in the future. I mean, there's not that many airplane companies in general, okay? If you actually look at the charts, I believe it is, it's like you have Boeing in the United States, you have Airbus in Europe, you have a Russian airplane company, which is obviously, they're not going to be exporting a lot of planes to the United States anytime soon due to the potential restrictions that they're giving on Russia. But then again, we've also read articles saying that there was other products still being shipped out from Russia, so... Whether or not their airplane industry has been hit or not, doesn't matter at the end of the day. Then you got the one in China that they're making as well. And then there was one in Brazil. And I think the Brazilian one was being bought out by Boeing slowly. So in reality, you have four big airlines or airline companies that make airplanes. And Boeing, I think, owns most of it, if I'm not mistaken. They're number one. And then Airbus is number two. But, I mean... If they're not careful, Boeing will be affected by this in some way, shape, or form. Maybe Airbus figures out how to make it faster. Or maybe maybe that's what the airline industry needs to do is figure out how to make a, like, maybe like a, kind of like how they do in the automotive industry when they have like the supply chain. Well, that's a supply chain. The, uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called. So that's how they manufacture the cars pretty much. 
But maybe it's time for them to have to change up how they manufacture and it could help speed up the process. Maybe they need to take a good look to figure out what it's going to take. Because Boeing can't be on top forever. They keep having these issues. But it's going to be it's going to be real interesting to see how things go going forward. Last one we got to talk about is Lyft. It says here from the tech industry, Lyft shares fall after disappointing revenue. Active rider misses. Shares of Lyft plunged more than 19% early trading Tuesday, a day after the company reported worse than expected revenue for the third quarter and active riders missed analysis estimates. Here's how the company did. Earnings, 10 cents per share adjusted versus 7 cents per share. So they did well on the earnings. And revenue was at 1.05 billion versus 1.06 billion, according to analysis survey by Refinitiv. The rideshare company recorded 20.3 million active riders in the third quarter, short of Wall Street's projected 21.2 million, according to Street Account. The number of people using its services also remains below pre-pandemic levels. Lyft had 22.9 million active riders in the fourth quarter of of 2019, for example. Revenue of the 1.05 billion that came in below analysis expected 1.06 billion that represents year-over-year growth of 22%, marking the slowest revenue expansion in more than a year. A lackluster result comes in after Uber last week beat analysis estimates, but uh, correction beat analysis estimates for revenue and said passenger numbers were higher than before the, the pandemic, putting pressure on its rideshare rival to prove it can recover from the from the pandemic slump. Lyft recently joined a slew of tech companies in slashing costs amid a worsening economic outlook. The company said last week it would cut 13% of its workforce, citing expectations of a looming recession in the next year and rising rideshare insurance costs. So that's actually true. And that was something we're gonna t- we were going to talk about, but they mentioned it here on this podcast. Lyft last week had announced they were having to cut their workforce. They did. Last Thursday, I believe it was. We should have seen this coming. And it wasn't at the time we weren't thinking much about Lyft. We were just like, okay, Lyft's reporting earnings next week. Uber's doing well. So we expect Uber to do well. And then, of course, this report comes out saying that Lyft didn't do as well. You know, what I'm going to find interesting, this is the the fact that Wall Street projects based on the number of active ride people. That's an interesting thought. Okay. It's almost like when, when Facebook was first growing, they'd be like, oh, we have this many active users on our platform. And that's what Wall Street is making their bets on for these driving companies like Lyft and Uber is how many people are using their platform per quarter. You know, if I were a company like this, I would say you should look at our cash flow and see if our cash flow is growing. That's what I would do. Because eventually there has to be a peak, right, in ride shares, in all honesty. Or maybe something Lyft can do to get those, to get those numbers up. You know, I had to go to Toyota recently because I had to get a part for my car. It was like an electric part that was it was hard to find, I guess, at the time. Of course, shortages didn't help either. But I remember being in the Toyota dealership and I remember sitting there and I remember thinking like, I need to get home. And they didn't have, they had too many people waiting to get rides home. Because you know how Toyota does that. Or I, I believe most car companies do that too. They'll give you a ride home. And then if you want to get picked up later, you get picked up. Well, they didn't have enough people driving. So what did Toyota do? They actually ordered me a lift to get home. Okay. You know, what would make things more interesting, okay? Especially if you were to do this, this could probably make Lyft a little bit more money. I think Lyft or Uber needs to consider working with little small mom and pop shops that do their own mechanic business, right? To be able to provide rides home for people. And honestly, because another time recently I had to go get my car fixed and they were having issues with being able to get the service done that day. And it was like a little small mom and pop shop, obviously. 
And I remember at the time being like, they, they told me they're like, oh, we can't, we can't be able to uh, get your car, car fixed today. We'll have to get it started tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to another mechanic because I know they'll get it done as soon as possible, which I had to do. But how cool would it be if Lyft or Uber were to start doing that? And all honestly, because at the, like I said, at Toyota right now, at least the one that I go to sometimes, they already give that services if need be, right? So how cool would it be if your local mechanic shop were to work with a Lyft or Uber to be able to uh, get you home if you needed to, instead of having to sit an entire day at your local mechanic shop or having to do what you have to do, right? I think that would make things a little bit more interesting for Uber and Lyft at the end of the day. And then we get more ride shares in the making too. Or maybe the cost isn't worth it because they wouldn't be making a lot of money doing that, or at least Uber and Lyft. Or maybe they would take away a lot of the service from the from the ride share. Or maybe these small mechanic shops wouldn't be able to handle the cost. Or maybe they could add that cost to the repair of your car. There's a few thoughts you could have, but it would be interesting to see Lyft start working with local mechanics to be able to provide these ride shares for people. Then if then if that's what you're making Wall Street focus on is the number of people you have driving, that could help bolster your numbers, I believe. It's going to be interesting to see at the end of the day how this all works out. But if you are investing in Lyft and Uber, it's official. They care more about the number of people using the rideshare app and company every day than they actually care about the revenue that's coming in. So, yeah. Interesting how Wall Street thinks sometimes. So, yeah. But they're... But I still think that idea would work at the end of the day. I don't know. Maybe Lyft or Uber will announce that someday in the future. Who knows? We'll take a look at it when the time comes, if they do ever do that. So I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this channel. So we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't always or willing to talk about at times. Please also continue sharing with friends or family as we're about ready to hit the number of downloads of 4,000 downloads at this time. It's a huge, exciting milestone for this podcast. And I thank you all so much for listening to this podcast as much as possible. And like I said, please continue to share with families because the goal is to be able to hit 10,000 within the next few months. And I think that'd be a great number to hit on this podcast. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.